never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefanie. Another fantastic day for an interview. And today I've got Joe Martin with me. And I was looking forward to, to this interview for quite some time because when I read Joe's story, I realized the importance of speaking out about depression and about suicidal ideation. I anyhow feel very, very strongly aligned with that topic, keeping in mind that I myself have gone through the darkness and only someone who has been truly in the darkness can appreciate the, all the lies that we tell each other and that others often tell us tell us about the situation. Um, and then when we are out in the light again, we appreciate life as the gift and as the privilege that it is. And Joe Martin is a master in this transformation. So I can't wait to compare notes with, with you, Joe. Welcome to my show. Oh, man, I'm so excited to be here. I, I really appreciate what you do because there's so many people and so many stories that you share that, hey, that person got through that. I can get through whatever I'm going through as well. And, and, and people you didn't used to talk about that stuff, right? And you're bringing it out into the light. I mean, it's right in your title, right? So uh, <laughs> I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. And I, I love what you do. Thank you so much. And into the light, that's exactly our topic, isn't it? Because when I was in my darkness, bloody hell, I couldn't see, I couldn't see a way out. And all the lies that are told to me, for goodness gracious. Um, and it often makes me angry about all that. When I look back at it, yet, had I not been there, I would not be the man that I am today. But I mean, how did your story start? Well, how was your childhood? Were you a oh, happy-go-lucky boy? Or? Oh, yeah. yeah I, was, I mean, I, was, I have the world's greatest parents, you know, a great family. Well, um, I just grew up like a normal kid. You know, I'm from, I'm from Alabama. We moved around a little bit, lived in Germany for a couple of years. My dad, you know, on the government military side. And then I lived in Virginia a little bit. I lived in Ireland a little bit. But Alabama's my home. And I, I grew up here, still here today. Um, grew up like a normal kid, uh, like for the most part, shy, kind of real, you know, wanted to stay behind everything. And then I got into sports. Sports kind of changed my life. You know, I kind of found my niche in sports. Played American football was my sport. Uh, and my goal was to always get bigger and faster and stronger. I got, I got, I got kind of there. I got bigger, but then I got fatter instead of faster. So I kind of messed that one up, but I do get stronger. So if you're familiar with American football, uh, I start off as a tight end, which is a guy who gets to catch the ball, but I couldn't catch it very well. And I became a, a bigger guy so that you become a bigger guy that runs into other guys. So I became an offensive lineman uh, and I loved it. And that was my thing. And that was, that was all I could see. I mean, I went to school just so I could play football. That was my, that was my whole thing. So athlete all the way growing up. And then my senior year, I ended up getting hurt and I was going to be in a cast for six months. So the football career is over. So that was a huge blow for me. Cause you know, in high school, you kind of find your identity. That's kind of your group. That's your thing. And that's what you want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that was kind of taken away. And then got some trouble with the law. So I went to jail, you know, I had to get bailed out to go finish my finals in school. So there's all these things start happening and I'm, and then I'm on probation, you know, and you got that stigma over you. Yeah. I'm in the newspaper. I'm embarrassed. My family, all these things are just, and then, you know, throughout that time, you know, you got that one girlfriend in high school, the first serious girlfriend in high school, right? Then we break up. Now, you, you know, in high school, you remember that first one It's like, this is the one I'm going to be with her the rest of my life because I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm a teenager. Uh, and then, you know, all these things, my grandmother dies, even the, the family pet dies. So all these things and the darkness you talked about earlier just starts coming 
on top of me. And I didn't have a car at the time, so I'm just feeling like a loser. And my mom has to take me to my probation officer. You know, you talk about a low point in your life. I just, she would, I'd get, can you drop me off like two blocks away so I can, I can't have my mom drop me off at the probation officer, you know? And I got to the point where, I mean, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see an end to this. And I didn't see how I embarrassed my family. I embarrassed myself. My future was uncertain. I didn't know what was going on. I just decided, hey, I, nobody needs me here. I'm not bringing anything to the table. I'm only, I'm only taking things off. Those lies you talked about earlier, that's all you hear. We talked about it a little bit earlier. You get this tunnel vision that all you see is the negativity, and it piles up, and it piles up. And it got to the point where that's all I saw. So I was, I was, gonna, I was, I was done with it. It is actually very common that this happens, yet no one talks about it. Uh, between, depends on which studies you read, it's 6, 8, 10% of the American population have suicidal thoughts in the last 12 months. Yet, we keep it so shy, we keep it... Were you hiding your feelings? Were you, were you able to seek help? Or was help offered to you? Or no, was I was one of those. You, you, if you knew me, you probably didn't know anything was going on. I didn't, you know, I was still smiling and laughing on the outside. This is all just inside. Nobody would have known. You know, you hear about all the time, like somebody commits suicide or does something terrible. You're like, well, he was the nicest neighbor or he was the great kid. I had no idea. That would have been me. That was my story. That was, I was always, I wasn't a mean guy don't know how doing things. I would have just, you know, nothing on the outside. There was no outside. Unless you knew my story, you'd have just thought, hey, this, this guy's just normal, happy, everyday guy. Without now going into details, um, have you had a plan? Uh, for me, uh, kind of two things prevented me from ending it all. Uh, number one, I couldn't imagine what it would do to my parents. You know, if you imagine, no, especially, I, especially now that I'm a parent. Just one second. No, no. What I meant is uh, suicidal ideation is quite common. The next step then is that people actually plan how to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a plan for sure. Yeah, I knew exactly how I was going to do it, where I was going to do it, all that good stuff. You know, I, I was just, hey, I'm, this is it. I, I don't, no one needs me here, and this is my plan, and we'll just take it out from there. Mm. So this was not just a fleeting idea. This was actually something taking hold of you. And then yeah, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't see going on. I didn't know where to go, how to do it. So I just. Well, I just. I'm out. This is it. So what stopped you? Uh, that, that's two things. Uh, I'm going to talk about my, what I would do to my parents. You know, especially as a parent now, I can't even imagine. You know, I can't even imagine. Even at that time, that that was a. Uh, that was something I couldn't do to my parents. Second, I'm a, I'm a man of faith, so I couldn't. You know, I just. You know, between God and my parents, there's two things that kind of kept me from from going there. And then that was. Once you have that, well, I can't do this, then, then you got to start looking around. Well, if you're not going to do that, how are you going to get out of this? So that kind of opened up my vision just a little bit. And I clung to just, hey, what is one good thing I have going on in my life? You know, I thought about, man, I got, the, I got a great family. So if you just have that one life raft to hold, hold on to, man, you can start pulling out. Your, your vision opens up a little bit. And you, if you can just see a little bit of the light, it's so helpful. Did you feel ashamed about the the darkness or about yeah. those phones? yeah absolutely I, f I felt ashamed about everything that i've done you know i mm. you know my whole thing and you know i, I was a, a sports guy also i enjoyed drinking a lot you know because it i could be i could become someone else you know i didn't have to be the shy kid on the side you know i get after on the weekends i could man i, I 
you think you, you, you think you know how to dance, you know, you think you're funnier, all these different things, you know? So, uh, I was ashamed of that. You know, I'm not high school kid out drinking all the time on the weekends oh, and, you know, shit. acting crazy. Uh, <laughs> And they're just going to jail and all these things, man. I was ashamed of a lot of stuff, but also, you know, ashamed of, you know, that I was depressed. Like, you're not supposed to be depressed. You know, people didn't talk about it then. There wasn't those resources we have now. Um, I was ashamed about a lot of things. So no one picked up on that because you you became a master in hiding it um, before you became a master of transformation. Um, what about your church? Some churches are actually talking about that quite openly, depending upon the pastor, depending upon where we, um, where you go. Um, how was your church? Did um, well, there wasn't really much going on, but even if there had been, I, I wouldn't have gotten help. I right. didn't want to be seen as, you know, I don't want people to know, you know, I don't, I just wanted to kind of suffer in silence. I didn't want anyone to know, just to kind of add to the shame. You know, if you're in that shame spiral, man, you don't want anything adding on to that. So I just kind of keep it to myself because I felt like I was a, you know, kind of a nuisance or a bother to other people, you know? <laughs> it's it. It's true. So exactly the same thing. When I certainly, when I was in a, in sliding into this darkness and then staying there for a long time, um, I used alcohol um, to actually be able to cry. Was, what were your reliefs and what were, or how shall I rephrase that? Um, what, uh, what role did alcohol play around that time? Yeah, it was a crutch, you know, like anything else. You know, there's, when I started feeling real down, I can go disappear for a little bit into these, these you know, a few beers or something like that. I can disappear into these. I don't have to feel like this right now, at least for a little bit. I can have those just out of, out of the way. And then I can have, I don't have to have dreams tonight. You know, if I drink enough, I don't have to have these bad dreams I'm having. So it was kind of a two, two edged sword there that I could become somebody else for a little while. And then I just go pass out at night and not have to worry about, you know, have these dreams of what I've done to my life. Very good. Um, it's interesting because at the same token here, you're trying to pretend Were you already in the fitness industry then. Or no, I was what? actually overweight. You know, I was, that was, uh, I was overweight. And that was, that was also a reminder that every day I got up and looked up and I had more weight on me that I wanted to, that was a visual reminder that I'm not where I want to be, you know, because I was, failure. you know, 50, 60 pounds overweight. And that's just another thing that I felt a failure at that, I've, you know, when I played football, it was fine. You know, it was great. You know, you need that stuff to run into the other big guys, but now I'm not playing football. I don't, and I'm, then I got all this extra weight and I'm just sitting around. I'm in a cast. That was another thing. I'm in a cast from my thumb all the way past my elbow. So I'm walking around like I'm hitchhiking everywhere I go. That's just another thing to add into the fire, you know, in six months, long time to be in a cast. So, um, so sports career was over and I still got all this weight. And that's just every morning I wake up, and I see this guy, this overweight face is all puffy. And just another reminder, you're not, you're not who you're supposed to be. And I applaud you for your for your honesty because it is actually so common out there, and we we know anyhow with with modern society, unfortunately, the amount of uh, or the incidence of anxiety disorder um, in normal quotation mark young young women is is through the roof. Like one in five uh, gets a, a for official diagnosis, um, and that's there is that undercurrent but then if you are 
uncertain about yourself because all these bloody hormones and all these bloody changes are happening in life, and then you suddenly get thrown all these traumas, essentially, for lack of a better word, all these challenges in life, then, wow, um, this is, a, that's a big shit sandwich to eat for sure <laughs> and you had it there <laughs> with just more shit on top of it yay <laughs> man man so in my case i didn't i i didn't follow through because i couldn't figure out how to make it look like an accident i oh, think that wow. was that was the only thing because i was there i wanted to look after my family at least financially yeah. Because I, I considered myself the worst dad ever, the worst husband ever, the worst. Just all these lies that we are telling each right. other. The lies. For oh, sure. God, man. So what changed, man? Where did where came the point? Oh, which person walked into your life to actually start making you see the light? Who was that little candle who hopefully then became a big torch and then a big freaking beam of light uh, uh, for me man if the one thing i clung to is hey i looked at how supportive my family had always been my whole life yeah. and i just hey if i got that then i can figure out the rest but before i didn't i didn't think about it. they'd been there nobody came in they were there the whole time i just couldn't see them because i was so stuck in what i was doing uh, but i knew that hey they got i'm i was 18 years old at this point you know at that point I got my whole life ahead of me. I don't realize that though. I, I realize, I think my life is over at 18 because it's not going like I thought it would. Like we never, you know, when you're 18, you're so dramatic, you know, you're, the brain's not fully formed. You're 25. You don't know what you're doing. Exactly. I mean, I'm 40, 45 now. Sometimes I have my doubts, but you know, you go into there and, and all you're thinking about is, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but then you just, if you can just look at one little thing you have in your life and start building on that, let's just look at my family. I, that's where I looked and then I clung to that. And they've always been so supportive. Like I said, I have the greatest parents in the world and they would do anything for me. And once I realized that, then maybe I, maybe I can do something with my life. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> but you were still in your cars <laughs> and you were still overweight. <laughs> oh yeah. So yes. Yeah. So what were the first steps? What was for so me? I started. Had... I started to start losing weight. That's that's the thing I was gonna do. That that maybe I can just if I can get the visual part, maybe I can start working on the rest as well. So I started losing weight. The very first thing I did, if you're into losing weight, I started reading food labels. I realized that you can know exactly what you're putting in your body. Just start there. <laughs> and then I'd say, hey, well, no wonder, you know, I'm eating all these. And and I had been eating more on purpose to try to become that bigger person for the sport. Sure. Um, but then I started looking at what am I putting into my body, you know, and wow. Once you kind of get it in black and white, wow, that's terrible. You, know, you start kind of tracking what you're eating. Man, when you're on autopilot, you may be eating Oreos for breakfast, and you don't even think about it because that's what you do. But then you get some fresh eyes on it, and wow, maybe I should actually pay attention to what I'm doing over here because so many of us live our lives on autopilot. If you can start tracking it, then you know what they say, what, what gets measured gets managed. So if you start measuring and thinking about things that you're doing, then you can fix it. <laughs> And together with that, there is another saying uh, that goes, uh, if your life is worthwhile living, then it's worthwhile recording. So actually right. write these things down and sure. compare them. 
hold yourself accountable. But that's not something that naturally comes to an 18-year-old. You don't, no. be, as you say, to the frontal lobe and all that shit. Oh, and, no. Uh, no, they're, they're still on holiday. They, they that come felt back like extra homework. I didn't yeah, exactly. do my actual homework. I exactly. wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, much less this extra homework. So exactly. uh, my 2.3 GPA really uh, flexed <laughs> that out there. But yeah, so I, I started eating right, started eating a little bit better, a little bit less, and then started exercising, added that in, and, and eventually lost 50 pounds. And Man, I felt like a new person. I was like, well, if this is a new person, I want to help other people do the same thing. That's kind of when I started to look at the fitness industry as a way path, a, a path forward because I saw what it did so much for me. Just mm. on, you'd be amazed at the physical side when you start moving more, you get outside, get some fresh air and sunshine, when you're not stuck in the house all day, just worried about your problems. Man, it's magical. But who were you in your dreams before that happened? Did you want to be a career athlete? Did you think football would be your future? I thought it was. Yeah. I mm. thought it, if nothing else, I'm going to play in college, get my school paid for all that. That was my path for Cause man, I just loved it. Right. And I, I lived and right. breathed it. Just, right, right, right. just be around your teammates and playing on, on, on Friday nights in high school. So that was my path. So I thought mm. that was going to be my path. Nice. 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 Um, cool. Um, wow. I love it to hear that you went first for the nutrition, um, because there's so many people who completely disregard that and, and just keep eating the shit and then wonder why they are so down. If you look at, at a typical Western diet, let's say uh, specifically United States, um, but I could also say UK, I could also say some other countries. Um, there is, uh, we have got so much refined uh, food and refined means, ooh, refined, no. Uh, talk, talk. <laughs> it's shit what we're eating yeah, and yeah, typically uh, lots and lots of, of sugar, glucose, fructose, those kind of uh, things that gives you massive highs and then crashing lows. Mm -hmm. uh, that that kind of shit isn't really good when you've got a depression, that yeah. crashing low of your blood sugar. Yeah, Guess what it, it does? Oh, hell yeah. yes. Bloody yeah, hell. Just adds to it. And you've yeah, got I mean, I talked about now, I talked to people about, you know, give yourself a fighting chance. You know, it's yeah. not going to cure your depression right away because you did some push-ups or ate, exactly. ate, ate a salad. But give yourself a fighting chance. You know, control what you can control. You know, get enough sleep. Don't be exactly. staying up all night watching crazy news things and eating crap and not exercising. Give yourself that fighting chance. Exactly. And it's all about creating those habits, isn't it? It is all about trying to figure out, okay, who do you want to be? You want to be, okay, you don't, you hate your weight. Okay, you don't want, I don't want to be fat again. Okay, fair call. So let's actually change that from a dream into a vision. Tell us exactly how do you want to look. Ah, less fat. No, 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 no exactly. How many yeah. kilogram? Um, put a goal to it. Put it, where are you now? I don't know. Well, jump on the scale. So you're starting a clear beginning point or, or the start of your race, so to speak. Um, and that is brutal. <laughs> that is so brutal when you actually say, okay, go and strap a uh, strip off <laughs> and actually let's have a look. Oh God. How does, how do your clients actually respond to that? How do you, do you, uh, get them to accept the baseline without adding more trauma to it? For me, I, I, once they know my story, it, it's easier to get them kind of on board because I think something big missing from the fitness industry that I'm in is empathy because so many of the people yeah. in the industry have never had a weight problem. They've never had that exercise problem. They've, they've exercised their whole life. It's mm. just what they do. Uh, they, they don't have, well, some of them don't even have to eat right. 
they just look a certain way because they've got better genetics than some of us. And then, and then they expect that you to, should have the same genetics right away. So starting with empathy is a huge thing. And I, I train specifically, I train women. That's what the industry I got into. Um, if I come in there and tell them, Oh, just eat, eat less and start exercising. It'll fix everything. That's not the way the world works. And I train a lot of them are, are 50 and up. There's some hormones in there young fellas that they can change some things that you got to understand in the total package. So just getting to understand the full package. So my whole thing is uh, I talk about the, the other 165. So if you're working out three hours a week, what are you doing in the other 165 hours that can accentuate or undo everything you're doing? You know, I talk about, you know, stress management and eating right and sleeping and how are your hormones? These type of things are so important. Oh, beautiful to put it actually in figures like that. Love it. Love it because that's that's really it. And if you look even at your your energy expenditure, you have got 70% of all the energy that is expended is your basic metabolic rate. That yeah. is what sort of just happens. And then you have got your life on top of it. And then you've got a bit of exercise on top of that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and so we are focusing on that rather than focusing on down there. And that is such a pitfall. Oh, yeah. wow. So, yeah, so if you're looking at pure weight loss, you got to eat right. Because you think about how fast you could eat 500 calories versus an hour of intense exercise, which <laughs> yeah. one's going to happen faster, right? So I had a client years ago that uh, she was exercising really hard. She showed up. We had class. It met five days a week. She was there every day, four weeks straight, and didn't lose any weight. So she was upset, and I was talking to her. And then I was like, well, all right, let's go through your day. Like, what do you do after class? She was going to McDonald's every day after class. Either well. And then, because we talked about earlier, just that autopilot of this is just what I do. Don't even think about it. I go to class, go to McDonald's, and that's just what I do. Because, you know, she's, she's a rush. She's got to get home, got to get kids off to school, got herself off to work. And that's just oh. what she did. She goes through the drive-thru. Um, hey, let's start here. I, I, we talked about habits. Maybe you can't do that. Maybe you could just go there twice this week instead of five days. Could we do that? Could we start there? Maybe three. But you got to meet people where they are. I can tell you all day, you shouldn't be eating McDonald's. They know they're not supposed to eat McDonald's. What's their alternative? Give them an alternative and a way to go forward rather than just putting more shame on them. If you're, if someone's overweight, they know they're overweight. They don't need their trainer to tell them. And (laughs) Hey, here's another little trip for my fellow trainers out there. If you're out there, a little tip, uh, not everyone wants to lose weight. That's a weird thing for people to hear. Some people just want to feel healthier in their skin that they're in. So we try to put, I'm, I'm on my soapbox a little bit. I'm sorry, but I see too many trainers that, that put their goals onto their clients. You know, <laughs> ultimately they come to you for happiness. Ooh, they want nice. to be happier. Nice. So they define happiness. So sorry, man, I had to get on my soapbox. No, 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 no. That's perfect. <laughs> That's because what you're talking about is so common. Um, it is uh, both my, my young sons are the most perfect man I could imagine. Both of them very different. One of them, the, the perfect body physique and is going for to become a trainer. Um, the other one has already done his trainership, but he is a, a monster, a bear of a man, a power lifter. Um, and with that, he has got to wait. So both of them, very, very different outlooks, very different experience. Both of them are trainers. Both of them come uh, with the initial, oh, yeah, you need to eat less and, and do more. And it's it's that kind of that attitude. Um, and when I sort of talk to them and look who they surround themselves with, yeah, that's that's so common out there. And, and I, admittedly, I was that guy when I was a young trainer. I was that guy because yep. when it's you're that you're in your 20s. 
You're just, man, just work out more and eat right. What's the big deal? Because exactly. when you're in 20s, you've got that metabolism that's burning like a fire that burns up all your calories. It's much mm. easier. Get in your 40s and 50s and try to do the same thing, and you mm. will not get the same results. You have to change it. Gets, it's harder as you get older, but it's not impossible. But as a young trainer, I was that same. I look back, and I just want to slap that guy I was, right? Because <laughs> when I'm first coming out of college, I'm freshly certified. <laughs> that's when you know everything. And the longer you stay in the industry, industry, the less you know, because there's so much out there, right? The, the more, the longer I'm in this, I've been in 20 plus years, the less I know. It's beautiful. It is so beautiful. But I love the other 165. Um, that is, I think, something that I need to take on um, as as a thing of of teaching, a thing of. Uh, it applies to so much, not just sure. your physical fitness, your your attitude towards towards your life in total. And I think sure. that is where you are so much more holistic in your approach. Um, you're actually saying, okay, come on, so what else is happening there? And when you actually look, let's take the weight loss as an example. There are so many factors that come together. You mentioned the hormones already. And with the hormones, you were referring to sort of menopause, changing hormones of the, the girls within sure. all means. Um, their transformation, their rite of passage uh, into a life that is not so much focused on, on bringing babies into the world um, yeah. has tremendous consequences. What we keep forgetting is that also we men go through hormonal changes our testosterone naturally comes lower um we uh, we maybe have eaten crap all our lives and all that crap maybe had actually a lot of estrogen in there you might as well take an anti-baby pill just the wrong one right. basically for you um and you have got all that to deal with and even talk hormones um being being obese being fat actually um this is not just weight you carried like dead weight that we call it no it's not dead at all it's highly active it's a very endocrine it's a very hormonal tissue that we only begin to appreciate nowadays it's also a very inflammatory tissue and there you are you're obese you try now to go out there do something and then of course you overdo it a bit you've got an injury plus already ongoing inflammation that is going right. by the time you've blinked there was an injury there and that can be after the first training. Um, yeah. How do you present That's a great that? point because some people think about, you know, I, say you did a squat and you hurt your back. You're like, well, I must not be doing the squats right or something. Mm -hmm. But then you, you track it back and you're coming in there, you're red line to the max stressed out. You haven't slept good. You've mm -hmm. been eating junk. And then you go in there and you're trying to do these weights that probably you do all the time. And then all of a sudden you've got an injury. You absolutely nailed it. You've got all this inflammation in your body. Your body's not ready for it. You think mm. you blame the exercise that happened, but it's the other 165 comes into play again that, hey, your body was not ready to do this. Indeed. So good. So how do you do that? Because obviously someone comes to you, I want to feel better. Or most often they come with, I, I want to lose weight. Um, yeah. Okay. Come on, let's go. You're a trainer. Get me into the physical exercise. But um, in reality, it probably takes you four weeks, six weeks to establish habits around the food, around your life, around that. And that's a slow period. Yeah. I can very quickly get someone to lose weight. Come on, we two go on a fast now. Um, come on, yes, let's drop the kilos. If you want 10 kilogram off? Cool. We fast together two weeks. I'll show you how to do it. Boom, end of the story. Um, yeah. And then yo-yo back up because you have not done <laughs> yeah. any other change. <laughs> so yeah. how do you how do you 
sell that to someone? Actually, I, it can be a tough sell because we all we all we live in a microwave society, right? We want ten pounds <laughs> off like that. Exactly. We want it off off right now. Um, I just if I tell people if if you were trying to lose twenty pounds in a week, I'm not I'm not the guy for you. This isn't the biggest <laughs> loser. I'm trying to do this a sustainable way that you're going to lose this weight and keep it off. I don't Absolutely. care if you lose weight. If it comes right back on, that's terrible. This yo-yo dieting you talked about is so bad for your body. I try to help them establish a way that's sustainable. They actually enjoy eating their food. It's not miserable because if you lose weight and you're miserable, what are we doing here, right? So find a way that not only it's sustainable, they enjoy it, and they're getting results. That's kind of the three things you look for. And I'm a a habit guy. We talked about habits, and we start with the smallest habit. So we go through and look look at their habits and their goals. And hey, if this goal, what was your on your? And I give them an assignment. Say like, uh, I don't know, drink sixty ounces of water today or something. Like that. What's your confidence level on a on a scale of one to ten? If it's not an eight to ten, the goal is too big. We got to shrink it down. Let's go fifty ounces. Well, you're still at a six. Let's go to forty. Oh, you can, you're an eight. All right, let's go. Let's go forward with that. Because people get so overwhelmed, especially if they've been out of it for a while. If you can start with these small habits, so small that you're like, well, that's that's so easy. Great. That's what we want. Make that a habit. And then we can move on rather than you see it in January every year. The gym <laughs> is absolutely packed. There's 400 people on each piece of equipment. Everyone's eating chicken and broccoli. We're running eight miles a day. And then two weeks later, everybody's gone because uh, exactly. they came in so hot. It's not sustainable. You need something. If you can't do it for a year, don't do it for a, a day. Right. So you're trying to this is this is the game of life. You know, we talked about your, we're, we're not spring chickens anymore. Nice. You got to, you can't just go in there coming in hot and trying to do all the things. I'm going to quit smoking, quit drinking, run every day, eat chicken and broccoli. <laughs> That's miserable. And then, well, I can't keep this up. And then guess what? You quit everything rather than, Hey, maybe I'll just start with this one habit and then the next habit. And then we move on from there. You, that's the way the mind works. I don't know if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey. He's a financial guy. So he talks about getting rid of debt and he doesn't start with the student loan payment that's a hundred thousand dollars. He wants you to pay off the $500 credit card because then you get a little success. You pay 500 down on a hundred thousand. It's a drop in the bucket. But if you knock out one of the debit that debts you got like, Oh, I'm getting somewhere. I can see something going on here. That's the same thing. You Oh, for a week, I drank 60 ounces of water. Awesome. Let's go to 64, 70, whatever it is. Just you throwing those out as habits, but we get so overwhelmed. Just do those habits and then add on, snowball them as you go. And that's the power of it. Um, I often talk about the five minute gardener um, where you basically go, you make a, a habit of going every day into your garden and only for five minutes, never less, never more. Only five minutes and pick some weeds, plant a plant, whatever it is you do. Can you imagine that after a week that you see changes to your garden? After two, three weeks, your family says, wow. And after maybe two months that the whole street will come along and think, what the hell? Um, And these are only five minutes, but you put them in consistently. And it's that kind of thing. If you were to do the same five minutes every day into put that into a relationship, five minutes of dedicated listening to your significant other. Do you think that after maybe a week, this other person would feel actually quite nice and, and feel supported, et cetera? And that That's after awesome. a month, your relationship will be, wow. And so it, it's that five-minute gardener. Uh, if we that's, can that's act, perfect. If we can do that in our life, equally with, the, with exercise, with nutrition, 
with those kind of things. Don't don't take the huge steps. Take a tiny step, but stick with it. That's it. And wow. and then people have this this kind of misconception about motivation. They're like, "Wow, I'm just not motivated to insert whatever you want." Well, guess what? I got some bad news for you. The magic motivation fairy is not coming. They're not going to sprinkle little dust on you when you wake up and you're going, "Oh man, let's go do some squats today or run, whatever That's it is." Right. It's not going to happen. Like I've been working out a long time. I still days like I don't I don't feel like. It. Guess what? You're not going to feel like it. It doesn't matter if you feel like it. Here's, here's what people call it. Action comes before motivation. Yeah. It's, it's not the other way around. You're not going to be motivated. Yes. you got to do the action. So yes. you talk about the five minutes. That's perfect. Sometimes I tell people, if you can't get to your workout, could you do your five-minute warm-up? Just start there. And if nothing else, you did that five-minute warm-up. But I think you'll find if you do that warm-up, all of a sudden you're doing the full workout. And then you can apply that to anything <laughs> in life. But do exactly. those small action steps. Go the garden. That's, that's I'm gonna steal that. By the way, I'll give you credit. But that's that's great. If you can just go out there, because if you think about, oh man, I got to go plant everything and do all these weeding, and I'm gonna be out there for hours. You don't want to do that. Uh-huh. But I can go out there five minutes. I could do that. I could. That's that small habit. You can talk. You can see yourself doing that. That's a great thing. Exactly. And I think that is that is what helped me. And and when I get lost, when I get frustrated, when I go back to heading towards a dark time in my life. Often enough, there's shit happening out there that I get so distracted and so uh, focused on on all the wrong things, and I stop looking after myself. And that's when I feel my my mood going easily yeah. down. I feel and, that too. I feel that kind of that darkness coming in. It ha- it still happens to this day, even though my, my life is much much better and I'm, I have a great life. It still comes in. You feel like there's a cloud on your head, and you just mm-hmm. you know things just aren't good. Then I look back. Well, what have I been doing? Oh, well, I haven't slept more than five hours in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I've been eating fast food a lot. I'm not moving as much as I normally do. Oh, it makes sense now. Like I said, it's not a cure for depression. It's not a cure for everything in your life. But man, yeah. you sure do get a better fighting chance. <laughs> so true. So true. And when, when you talk sobriety and when you talk uh, alcohol is, is specifically and the triggers, uh, we get taught halt, uh, H-A-L-T, halt in German, which means stop. <laughs> um, so it actually is very appropriate. And yeah. for me, it was always so true. Um, uh, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. These oh, were yeah. the four the four pressures or the four to four buttons. If I pressed three out of them, I could imagine a drink. Press all four out of them at the same time. Oh, boy. I could see that drink in my hand. I could taste it. I could see the condensation on the outside of the glass. That was what it did to my body. And that was when it came to sobriety. Later on, I mean, I haven't drunk and uh, I've not relapsed uh, for eight, nine years now. Um, But those same things hold true for so many other things. So I, I always say you either work on your relapse or you work on your uh, happiness. And by putting it like that, um, you work on your happiness. That's really where I want to go. So it doesn't matter if you're, if alcohol played a role in your life or not, Um, the darkness is is there in one in three of us over our lifetime. One in three of us will be exactly in the place that you and I have been. Sure. So let's normalize that, number one. Let's talk about it. Recognize your feelings, recognize your emotions, recognize that things are not right. And I think the key message there is, guys out there, if you listen to it, and if you if you locked on to actually 
here the see what Joe is all about and what I'm all about that the past does not equal the future I think that is the key thing yeah so whatever whatever happened up to this moment it doesn't matter really it is yeah. there are things that you that you will not be proud of you there is so proud about you there's you're gonna for sure feel ashamed and guilty all those negative emotions they are there for the moment just accept that they are there just push them a bit to the side and say okay what little action can i take right now yeah um and that can be all the thing but then again there are a million of actions you could take which one do you choose i guess that's where someone like you comes in joe i mean it is you you have made it your your passion your profession to guide others who are exactly in that darkness yeah. I think that is that is where the power is of someone uh, like you, like a coach, a trainer, a mentor. I wouldn't call you a trainer because yes, of course you're a trainer. Yes, of course you do fitness, but that is that is just the tip of the iceberg. You are doing you're holistic. You're you're thinking wider than just the muscle reaching from there to there, and that's how we lever it. Uh, no, 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 no. So wow. So, Joe, if there are people out there who say, wow, that, that guy makes actually sense, how can they find you? There's a couple places. I, I've also got a podcast, uh, Relentless Positivity. That's kind of that's kind of my thing. So when, when I was in the darkness, I didn't see any of the positivity. So once I started seeing it, I didn't let it go. I was like, hey, this, this was my lifeline. I'm going to hold on to it. So I, I, look for the, I look for the good things in life now. So Relentless Positivity Podcast, you can look it up on any podcast platform you use. Uh, my website's huntsvillebootcamp.com. It's got all my stuff on there. We do nutrition coaching classes online, uh, accountability coaching. That's a big thing for people. They just need, they know what to do for the most part, need someone to walk them through it. Uh, you can find that on there. My, my email, if anyone's out there, if you just want to, you just want to talk, you just want to, you need some advice or something like that. Huntsvillebootcamp at gmail.com. I love helping people. That's what I live for. You know, every, I get up at four o'clock every morning. I know you're an early riser as well. And people are like, how do you, doesn't that get old? Yes. Yes, it does. But every morning I wake up, I can change someone's life. You know, that's, that's a job I've got that I can change someone's life every day I get up. So, I mean, that's, that's better than a cup of coffee right there. So if you just have a question or if you're, if you're struggling right now, please reach out. If you, if my, my story sounds similar to something you went through Huntsville bootcamp at Gmail, send me a message. Let's just talk about it. And guys look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast, because you've got all of Joe's uh, information down there. And uh, I simply challenge you here now. What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? You have already taken action. You've actually forgot the misery for a moment. You actually found this show. You're listening to this show right now. You have taken action. So may I suggest, once you switch that show off, you go down there, press the like and subscribe button so that you don't miss out future shows. That's the second action you're taking. And then maybe have a glass of water. Just like that. Just have a glass of water and drink it. That's three things you have done to actually go out there. And it is, it's not magic. You've just actually treated yourself to your brain. Now some water. And maybe then you can think, okay, I need to eat something. And your choice again. Everything is your choice. You can either eat a triple cheese, make it a quadruple cheese pizza. Um, that's cool. That's that's okay. 
The problem is that most of us eat the extra large version all to ourselves. <laughs> Normally, pizza is eaten a little slice and then <laughs> lots shit, lots of greens around it. That's the choice that you have got. Make the most out of it, guys. This is your life. It's worthwhile living. And that's so, great. Just just taking action. You nailed it, man. It's because I, I have a saying I tell my clients, you know, the triple A philosophy. Action alleviates anxiety. When you do uh, one little action, I mean, you just feel so much. You you like you said, you didn't solve the problem. You had a glass of water. But man, you did something. That's huge. For some people out here, taking a step is so huge. And if you could just do that, your anxiety level, even it goes down just a little bit. It went down. Exactly. That's magic. Exactly. And I I want to finish sort of with with giving a, a nice study. Um, they uh, looked at in one study. They looked at people in um, in a white collar job, big kind of bureau, um, stressful job, and looked at people with chronic headaches, and they uh, migraines, things like that. And they looked how many times they were sick of during the year, etc. And then they put a lifestyle intervention in there. So they taught these people about sleep, about hydration, nutrition, those kind of things. And then measured again how things went. And this was a, a, a longer program, six months, 12 months, follow-ups kind of thing. And uh, not all the things were easy to keep, keep on track. But the things that were easiest were the hydration and the advice around sleep. 80% of people actually maintained those habits down the line. Now, for that company, they made huge gains because on average, their, uh, their employees had 10 days less off work just with actually changing their lifestyle, changing their nutrition, changing this, that here, exactly what Joe is talking about. So if you think, ah, that's all humbug, that's all as if that would be so making a difference, it makes a huge bit of difference. So, okay, there is, we've got these studies, we can see them, we can pull them out and show them to you. But believe us, the, the, if you do the simple things well and consistent over time, that's how you bloody well become the new you. And right. Joe, it is, it's actually the two of us. We should probably get before and after pictures. So <laughs> I dealt with my alcohol and I've got some pictures before and after. I'm now dealing with my own body. So I'm on my own journey where I'm implementing all those kind of things. So I've shifted my focus. And this is so cool. Guys, just just come along on the ride. It is beautiful. Life is too too short. Come on. Let's make the most out of it. Eh? Joe, you're an amazing man. Uh, you're an amazing transformation. I love what you do. Uh, hopefully you get you get so flooded uh, with people who recognize your value. Uh, some of them will come from this show. Hopefully some of them will just pick you up through other sources. But I wish you all the energy that you need to be the leader and the support because that can be quite a lonesome place um a bit of a scary place sometimes um what do you do nowadays when you feel lonesome and when this little imposter comes in yeah. it still comes in you still oh, yeah. get that you still get that guy in there um, i look for the evidence that it's false because if you look, you, you've got the evidence. So if you look in, you know, your brain, your brain is just Google, right? So if you, if you ask yourself, yeah. 
what's wrong with me? Guess what? Your brain will stay. Remember in third grade when you peed your pants? There you go. There's that memory for you, buddy. Ask better, ask yourself better questions. You know, not, not what's wrong with me. What's, what, what do I have? What's good in my life right now? Why don't you start there and just, I'll tell you, you just get the one thing. We get so overwhelmed. So I look at, I've got a beautiful wife, great son. My life is great. I've got so many good things in my life, or I could focus on the bad things in my life. You know, it's your choice. You, you talked it earlier. It's a choice, right? That's what exactly. relentless positivity to me is all about. It's a choice. It's not, you know, oh, my house is on fire. Let's get out the marshmallows. This is great. You know, we're going to roast marshmallows in a burning house. No, that's not it. It's not this Pollyanna thing. It's, it's about making a choice every day to look for the good things because that's what you're going to focus on. And that's going to grow from there. Love it. Joe, thank you so much. It was an honor to have you on my show. There's no two ways around that. Hey, this, the honor was mine because I really appreciate what you're doing. You're a successful professional that could have hid your story from everybody mm -hmm. and just left it in the darkness. And you, you coming out, a highly respected person to say, this is, this is what, what I went through. Because there's so many people like you that don't tell people their, the, the darkness and it stays in there, right? Nobody learns from it. Nobody benefits from it. Mm -hmm. And you're out there sharing your soul every time out there telling all the dark stuff that most people hide back. And you keep it out into the light. So I love the name of your podcast and I love what you're doing. <laughs> keep up the great work. We need more people like you out in the world for sure. <laughs> and likewise. And you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Bye. I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around.